Hello, welcome to Soberish. Bitch, I'm fucking back. I'm back. I'm a, like, you say that every time. Do I? <laughs> this is well, my whole life is going in and out of the void, but man, have I been in the fucking void. I think the last podcast I posted on Maine was the me in the void. And then I did a Patreon with one foot out of the void. And I processed a lot of shit, and I'm not going to get into probably... All of it, but I'm gonna give you all some cliff notes. Say hi to Mark, guys. Hi. Mark's just here so I can talk at his face. It's very nice of him to do that. Um, all right, where to start? Things I'm learning about right now are complex PTSD and trauma responses. I do have a book recommendation, but I forgot to bring it down here. I am... Um, kind of coming out of so crazy how these things happen in layers, right? So I definitely got knocked extremely far off my square as we all did in March of 2020. And my square was a little bit different. I thought I was navigating the apocalypse portion of this, but it's a personal apocalypse. Everyone gets their own individual apocalypse. You get an apocalypse. You get an apocalypse. You get an apocalypse. And for some of us who are more connected to society or the way things used to be, you know, the, the virus, the, the extroverts were dealing with the isolation. Everybody had, you know, their own thing to deal with. And I went really deep into other people's version of me, which is interesting because, you know, as you guys know, that was something I was talking a lot about. And I ended up with quite a few people mad at me. And um, I'm realizing now how I, my, my trauma responses are freeze and fawn. Damn it. I wish I would have brought that fucking book down here. But my trauma responses are freeze and fawn. Would you say yours are the same? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I'll get this book and um, and put it in the description. But so the different trauma responses cause people to do a different set of things to feel safe. So someone with like the fight trauma response has more of those kind of like what we would classify as narcissistic behaviors. They try to control their environment, control people. Uh, lift themselves up as as perfect and criticize other people, but that's also just a trauma response to feel safe. The flight is more kind of obsessive, compulsive. I didn't look too far into that because I really didn't identify that one, but it was like perfectionism, overworking. The freeze response is someone who kind of hides, which I think a lot of us identify with. We go into that like extreme introversion, feel more comfortable with internet friends than regular friends feel like uh, nobody can be trusted, so I just need to be here in my safe space. And then that fawn response is that codependent response where it's like I, um, I'll i just cease to exist as a person and do whatever you want me to do in order to feel safe. So I'm, I'm retracing my steps as my body shut down. It gives you a lot of time to retrace your steps. And I think because people got mad at me, which they completely had the right to be mad at me, but, um, well, everyone has the right to feel their feelings all the time, but like, I, it's completely understandable why they were mad at me, but I, it, it was so triggering to me 
not saying they're wrong, but just being on the receiving end of that, I am realizing how much I do in life to avoid that sensation, like how I keep my connections limited. And when I was young, I did a lot to try to control my environment and control the perception of people around me to avoid that feeling. I probably had more of a fight response when I was young. And once I went into that response, somehow that got projected onto like soberish. And so I became pretty consumed with no one else getting mad at me, friends, family, uh, people on the internet that I don't even know, new friends, soberish, whatever. And the universe kept handing me like new opportunities to like realize over and over again that I don't get to decide what people think of me and um, that I have to really kind of divorce myself from needing to control that or letting that affect me. I became very reactive to my environment and my environment. I'm very big. Everyone that listens to the podcast, fucking everyone on the internet, people I don't know who I'm observing on the internet. And what happened was I ceased to exist as a person. And that part I haven't quite figured out yet because I think a lot of us have ceased to exist in the last couple of months. When I saw nothing but darkness and tried to be like, maybe it'll be a famine. Maybe it'll be a civil war. And it's like, no, bitch, dark, like dark night of the soul. Y'all are going inside into the void. And I have never been was that the worst depression you've ever been through yeah in the last like what four or five months something like that well i mean specifically the last couple months but yeah i would say since mars retrograde like obviously 2020 has been a bitch it's been hard it's been it's been very disorienting but specifically i want to say october was the worst month of my life yeah it was definitely difficult I, I do think a lot of this stuff shows up as what, like, maybe at one time was sensed as a collective thing that's happening, the darkness of the election or whatever coronavirus. It did seem to become more real and, like, personal traumas. It's like Dark Night of the Soul, inward, you know, like, really be forced to go inward. That that was a lot of the sensing of darkness coming. Yeah, it kind of was, like, personal. Yeah, and... um I've referenced this a hundred times, but I can't remember the guy's name. So if you remember it, I'd love you to credit him. Shortly before we went into this, you had listened to a podcast and somebody was called The Ascension, The Incension. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I love that interview. It was on the podcast called Lighting the Void. Um, what is his name? I think it's Oh my right God, here. it was called Lighting the Void. Yeah, this guy, Joe Roop. Um on a thing called Friend Jeff, Friend Jeff M. I think it's in San Diego. Uh, what is his name? He's from Barbados. Well, I'll give you a minute to look that up. So the age of Aquarius is, you know, Aquarian energy is like a paradox in that it's about the humanitarian but it's not great with people. It's not great with the individual. It's like, what's better for the whole? But that Aquarian energy is pretty unique to itself. It's in its own energy. It's not a meshing. 
where Piscean energy, I think, can get it. It melds pretty quickly. It <clears throat> flows into other people's energy. And so I think we're in this shift between that Piscean feeling everything, being reactive to the environment, codependent, overmeshed into which doesn't serve. Right. So we, we haven't ended up with a great society as the result of that because we all have shit boundaries. So the only people that are really flourishing in this um, or were really flourishing in the old way of doing things were shit bags with no moral compass. Um, that's an overgeneralization. I don't mean that. But it's really set up for people who are okay with with thriving while other people suffer. The The thing isn't set up for the whole. And so what this Aquarian energy is going to come in and do is shift things so there's a more so there's a more equal playing field and that everyone has a seat at the table but in order to get to that energy everyone's going to have to become like an autonomous being like aquarian energy is not laws and st- structure i guess some people might argue that a little bit but aquarian energy is very autonomous and not overly concerned with the tiny details of the the day-to-day whatever, but more these kind of idealistic concepts. And to the best of my knowledge in, in Western astrology, we're moving into Saturn's moving into Aquarius, which will get us out of this vice script of <clears throat> Capricorn energy, but take us into probably more kind of upheaval. All that to say, this is an inner thing. Like, in order to shift our outer world, we have to do this inner work. And I think that that's what this this fall was about, was really kind of shoving us all the way down to the bottom of the thing so we could start to float up. Did you find it? His YouTube channel is called Unified Energetics. Okay. And uh, his, oh, Jerome Headley. 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 H-E-A-D-L-E-Y. Maybe Headley. Headley. Um, Incension, he called it, yeah. He talks a lot about, like, why he calls it that. It's, yeah, it's really interesting, helpful. It was something that I had been getting from that initiation show where essentially we go from age to age to age and the, the real um, yin versus yang the real uh, shift is when we're living an externally based society or an internally based society. And so I, that's really what 2020 has kind of turned. A lot of us were already facing inward, a lot of introspection, a lot of self-work, a lot of paying attention to our own triggers and projections and stuff. But then 2020 was like, now you will all do this. And then I don't know what, maybe I've just never been consciously aware of the death of one of my avatars before. I I think I usually get straight to the business of creating a new one and that kills the old one. And I feel like I just was awake during being euthanized. <laughs> I laid in a bed, my legs stopped working this is, I had one other experience where my legs, when I was like super codependently activated in 2018, that might have also been during a Mars retrograde. My legs had like fibromyalgia symptoms, but my knees stopped working. 
And I've never been depressed for more than a few days. And I was just like in it. I talked about this in the last episode, I think. And then um, I felt like I don't have an opinion on anything. Like I don't like I was like without a perspective. Something that really fucking helps me was I deleted all my social media. Sorry for anyone who is concerned. I mean, I deactivated it. I got off of I deleted the Twitter app. It still looks like I'm on there, but. Um, and I haven't looked at it and I don't know how long, and that was really helpful for me to go. I was consuming too many other people's perspective without my own perspective, if that makes sense. Like when you're in this, like in between shedding the skin melted in the chrysalis, but not fully formed, I don't know how healthy it is to consume other people's perspectives because I didn't have my own perspective. And then I caught myself just kind of taking on other people's perspective and uh it was just making me more depressed I think I follow a lot of sad stuff to try to stay in touch with you know not end up in my own bubble and I ended up just taking on I don't know I sunk deeper into the hole so I got out of that and it's crazy to cut to like leave social media at the same time that I'm starting to come out of this depression and just in the last like day, whatever was in my knees is starting to like, I don't know, it feels like it's spreading up my legs, but that, that feels like it's, it's breaking up. I thought I injured myself. Now I'm realizing it's, it's pretty, um, arthritic. The tick, the tick that never stops given. I couldn't do like readings were hard. I had to switch to like all coaching. Now I feel like I could, I'm probably going to open up some tarot readings for fun. And I feel, I feel like I'm coming out of this. I feel like I'll be fully out of it in probably December. How do you feel? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I'm in a, a different, I think I'm experiencing different symptoms, not so much body stuff, but the, there is a fog or this depression that is like rogue. You know, one day it'll be light and then the next day it's super heavy. It doesn't, I don't, I can't tell if it's like I'm coming out of anything or if it doesn't feel like there's a timeline into it per se. It's just like every day or every week there'll be something I'll be focusing on to like get out of the depression and that'll help. And then two days later, there's like a different aspect or something that th pummels me again. So it, it's like, it's hard to, for me to gauge sometimes if I'm like where I'm at. It's like, okay, I think I'm clearing this. Things are getting better. Because it'll feel like that one day and then the next day there's just there's something else or a different aspect I wasn't thinking of. So it's like just constant. Um, feels just like constant like kind of upgrading that's just difficult to deal with um, without having like alone time for it. At least for me that's where I have to like balance it. In the When it's really heavy it, there's just every day needs a couple hours of isolation seems to help it but it's the thing you're saying like that you felt in the last couple months or whatever since october and just where you're really playing into other people's perceptions too much especially when we're ourselves like in a depressive state and then just taking everybody else's perception uh m taking that in more than your own reality that's like what my last like six years of my life has been <laughs> yeah not realizing it at the time but that 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 the weight of other people's perceptions uh, eventually like broke me, but it's, you, you, I'm not really like, you're just mostly identifying with other people's stuff and like 
catering to their reality. And after an, enough time, it's like, where's my reality? I don't know where it is anymore. And I don't know, you know, there's a lot of like lost feeling to it. So a lot of that is just, I'm having to like reprogram that now or, or feel the guilt of that or the, whatever the pain is. But, um, and it's a very easy habit to fall back into if I'm feeling, yeah, like alone or depressed, getting on social media or just doing these like surface level things that feel like some kind of relief at the time, but ultimately they're just, it's doing it again. I'm like now thinking about somebody else's perception or wish, wishing I was, I had a bigger, um, you know, stance on something or bigger effect that I'm like seeing more. But the only thing that solves it is, is yeah, like alone time and going inward in some way, you know. I can't believe how there are certain aspects of my personality that I'm just now noticing are coming back that I, I think I maybe didn't notice were gone. Maybe I did early on, but um, I don't think from the second I left L.A., I think I got knocked off my square or jumped off my square and then never fully came back. And there are just a couple things just in the last few days. My normal pace of doing things is... Like when I'm in perfect flow is really high energy during the day. And then there's like, but I do things in like hour long chunks. So I'll be writing comedy for a little bit and then I'll go for a drive and then I'll, you know, uh, work on some other projects and then I'll do some 3D work and then I'll record a podcast and then I'll do some readings and then I'll do... And I don't think I've ever, like, since I got to Tennessee the first time, I, there's, there was so much fog. And I think it's just because the world got shaken up all at once. And then I went into, like, a trauma response. And so I've noticed just very, in the last couple of days, I'm starting to, I'm starting to write comedy again for the first time. I'm starting to, like, creatively flow. I'm teaching myself how to use a video editing program so I can make my own alien schools. And like, that is how I would have done things before. It's just like, oh, I need to learn this thing. I'm going to learn this thing. And there's a helplessness almost that like, I think Mars retrograde is such a helpful tool because it is that like intense, you do shut down so you can't busy yourself and it is such an intense review of the last couple of years. And I, I feel like I went into, this is not what it felt like at the time. I was largely crying in a bathtub. But I feel like I went into the depths and was like, okay, so there's a few things about me that I lost and I, want to, I would like to retrieve those. Here's a couple shitty things I picked up. Go ahead and take those the fuck back. Like it, it feels like... I don't know where we actually go while our avatars writhe in pain, but it does feel like I went into the abyss and kind of restructured things. And to me, it definitely feels, but I'm chronically optimistic. January has felt like a crisp drink of water. Society-wise, there will still be a lot of restructuring and we will still have a lot of work to do, but... Um, it feels very different than 
going into 2020 was like death, death, death. And like, not to say there's more death. I talked to Lacey. Lacey's like, we haven't even begun to see the death yet, but um, we're probably talking about the same thing in two different ways. The potential to build is feels real, you know, in the spring. And I'm just realizing how much of all of this stuff is very specific to our internal experience, though. I notice that the pattern going into next year starts talking about, like, if there's a find the imbalance in the world, look for it in yourself and heal it in yourself. And, um, I think this is the shift really into this internal experience, which is great for all us introverts, right? Yeah. To get some damn creative juice back is needed. I feel like that's what's so odd about the depression and all the like heaviness and death stuff. It's, it's really difficult to stay creative within it. For me, creativity, like being creative is part of my like balancing act. So it, calms me down or heals me but man like when the depths of some of this stuff there's no space for creativity even so there's like you i can't get that fulfillment by just taking the edge off for a little bit and be like oh, i'm gonna go be creative with something i'm I, I can't focus there's like no creative flow at all and then that you know spirals into a looping about i'm not being productive and i'm depressed and i'm useless i can't even uh, uh, uh. it's like just I feel like that's already loosening. We've been talking about that, that it feels like it's creative uh, inspirations like slowly coming back in now, you know, on good days. So it's that's what I feel like will be super helpful at the beginning of the year if there is more of that. Yeah. It is hard to give birth and die at the same time. Yeah. Um. So a couple things that I have thought about I do feel like I came back with some pretty intense maps to the inner working of creating and manifesting within the matrix and I've been trying to articulate them to you and they're half-baked and not fully um, formed thoughts yet so it's probably stupid that I'm even bringing it up but I'm thinking I want to make a distinction between perception and observation in what I'm about to say perceiving something in reality when you're within it is part of manifesting. It is one way of manifesting. I want to rewind a little bit. Okay. So there's a million ways to manifest because you're manifesting all the time. You are in an interactive video game and that interactive video game feeds back to you what you're putting out and you put things out in a million different ways. You receive them in a million different ways. We have been cut off from these mechanisms. And so what we are now learning is how we are unconsciously creating our reality. We are not learning how to create reality. Manifestation is not magic. It is not some crazy thing that only some people can do. Everyone's doing it. You have just been trained to do a ton of counterintuitive things that are not to your benefit. So what you are learning how to do is get rid of that programming. That being said, there are a million different ways to manifest. I think the way that like Noah Lampert talks about, which is like imagining things, intending things and imagining things, that I would classify as a feminine 
energy, not sex, gender, but feminine, receptive. Your your feminine side has to be b- very balanced and open in order to do imagine things and create them, set intentions and create them. And the reason that that works so good for Noah, if you've ever listened to Noah talk, Noah's very um Noah doesn't have a lot of beliefs that he doesn't deserve things. Noah doesn't have a hard time receiving things. Noah uh is pretty um in order to have that to to create from that energy, you kind of have to have audacity. And I don't mean that as a as a negative thing. And in and in entitlement, but like I'm not don't mean that in a negative way. Like Noah doesn't wrestle with a ton of do I deserve things? Have I worked hard enough for these things? Whatever. Noah Noah believes that he deserves things. That feminine energy is open for him. It's not open for most of us. Good ways to tell if it's open for you is um, how do you feel when people give you compliments? How do you feel when someone wants to do something nice for you and you haven't done anything in return? If a family member tries to help me move, I try to pay them. It's very like that is not a very open channel for me. <clears throat> so while I do have kind of an open receptor there because is that my stomach or your stomach? <laughs> um, because I've been manifesting for so long to a certain extent, I'm I'm pretty good at set it and forget it. But. I often have to be creating from the more masculine side because receiving makes me uncomfortable. And so that's a lot of what I've been trying to open up that channel this year. I prefer to have my own resources. I, prefer, I It's difficult for people to just give me things or do nice things for me. It's like I do have some blocks there. However, I have been manifesting long enough that I do know that if I go, I'm going to do this, I set it and forget it and it'll come to me but there's almost always a balanced masculine creative thing going on so masculine um feminine would be the creator she's receiving it's receiving the masculine side is the constructor and it is like pushing things forward so i usually manifest from a more masculine thing which is a lot less imagine it and then have it and a lot more I am going to do blank and then I just do it. And that the masculine is creating more in the game, right? So Tufti the Priestess for the millionth time, read that fucking book twice. Um, Tufti the Priestess talks about changing your character and it makes the game. When you start to play a role, the game goes, oh, is it okay? Is this what we're doing? And then we'll bend to yours. So you can set an intention and make a fucking vision board and whatever, but that's only going to come in as fast as you believe it's going to come to you. And if you haven't been consciously manifesting your reality for very long, it's going to take a lot longer where it would be much quicker. Let's say you wanted to start your own nonprofit. You can make a vision board and set an intention and wait for it to come to you. And it will come to you, but a lot slower than if you, from the masculine energy, you should do both, but from the masculine energy said, I'm going to start a nonprofit. I'm going to put out a comedy special. I'm going to make an album. 
it's going to be done in January and then you just move towards it. And now you're playing person who has a nonprofit. Now you're playing person who's putting out a comedy special. And reality doesn't take long when you do that. You wake up in the morning and you're like, what would that character do? And you get into that character. And when you talk to people, it's how I start a comedy career. People are like, what do you do? And I'm like, I'm a comedian. And then they go, oh, and then reality goes, oh, okay, shit, is that what we're doing? And then reality bends to it. That is like action or like action based manifestation, which for me is much more efficient. And I don't have to deal with a whole lot of my programming to to make that happen. I can just push like like push into the character and then reality bends around it. Um, Did you have anything to say about that? No, I was but I'm like because I know you're talking about the uh, observation and. Um, what what is the other uh, the mechanisms within it are perception and observation perception and observation because uh, we've been talking about that and that's um I'm just trying to connect those dots waiting for you to get to that okay you're waiting for me to get to the point all right I have my own thoughts about it but just keep going okay so <clears throat> other things when you are creating reality from within the game so I there are different aspects of you there's the part of you the first person shooter who's in the game who's experiencing the reality and then you have this kind of higher version of you who's very separate from it so the person in the game is dealing with the trauma and the sensations and what the body feels like to be broken down and that kind of higher aspect of you is like this is a game everything happens for a reason um whatever that like rpg thing and there's an integration that's happening they're becoming more of one thing but when you're in the game, the beginning of creating a reality in the game that isn't intention based. Okay. So like, let's say, um, intention based is I am going to become an actor. And so you are intentionally changing your avatar into an actor. And so you get up in the morning and you're like, what would an actor do? Where would an actor live? Whatever. Okay. So that is like intention based and you are setting your perception to that and perceiving I'm going to define for this as determining what your reality is based on the information you're taking in from within the reality. So a non-intention based perception would be you're in a relationship and your partner gets a little bit distant and you go, oh my God, does he not love me anymore? Or uh, your boss is a little bit weird and you go, am I about to lose everything? Um, that would be perceiving from within the reality. So now you're asking the reality what it is which is dangerous but you're all you're like taking in information and then making a determination of what your reality is so the mechanisms of this that are not fully formed yet is there is a there is a mechanism of perception which you should try to be in charge of at all times so when something fucked up happens to me I mostly have my perception. It, it, it every once in a while will say, oh my God, am I going to deteriorate and my brain's going to melt and my body's going to shut down? Like, obviously, those things have crossed my mind. But for the most part, I have my perception set to the fact that everything that happens to me, good or bad, is always part of this 
ascension process, this process of getting to know myself, this exploration of my existence as this avatar on earth, and that it's always working in my benefit. And so because my perception is set to that, I almost always find the glass half full. And even in times where I have to sit in a bathtub and cry for 30 straight days, like I, I still would say I'm pretty optimistic in those spaces because my perception is not set to nightmare. And as a result, I do difficult things still happen to me. But like people who I know who have that set to nightmare have just like nightmare experience after one after another because they are they are kind of logging into that game by perceiving it and your perception is always your choice um perception seems to be a creative mechanism so that would be feminine and there's something else in observation which observation collapses things i've noticed i talked to someone the other day about addiction on a on a on a session and my advice on addiction now is so much more observation than ever before it's my same advice for codependency any program you want to get rid of man these mics are good any program you want to get rid of observing it watching it without judgment without need to change it without need to take action just going oh okay so when um, my boss is a little bit short. I start playing a movie about how I'm going to get fired every minute, any minute, and then anxiety starts. And okay, now there's cortisol pumping through my system. And now I am texting instead of getting my work done because I feel distracted. And that texting is making my boss more frustrated. I'm almost creating my own experience here. Becoming something separate then the person who's perceiving the reality and really kind of turning up the volume on that observer starts to collapse the program that is creating shit you don't want. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I think because there's, it's, it made me start thinking, I've never thought of really the different, the subtle difference between observation and perceiving. And it is the perceiving thing is like you're in the game and the thing is happening to you outside of you and it so it's like a part of you you're in the game and you're perceiving what's happening so it's very quick and connected to that manifestation thing but then if you remove yourself from being in the game and so you connect to your other self your higher self or your like uh subconscious i guess the, the you have to like by looking at what's going on from that place I can see how there's like a different, you have a different control mechanism to it or something. You're not as, you're not affected in the same way by observing it. You're almost like you can, by observing it from that place, you're not actively manifesting when you observe, but like if you're perceiving it and it's happening to you, when you perceive it, you're, you're like engaging in manifestation in some form. Right. So it's harder to be accountable or responsible and make like a true decision um from inside the game so you have to like there's and some of those moments to be able to like remove yourself from it into this like more macro perspective and then observe it um from like a safe place where you can like observe it and not in the act of observing continue the manifest continue pulling the thing towards you you know 
Yeah, and there the the <clears throat> thing that keeps coming to mind when I talk about how do you get into that observation state is really non judgment, and it's not lost on me right now. I think these are things taught in Zen, and then I think the the observing something changes it. It it corrupts it sometimes. It makes it act different. I think that that's also talked about in like quantum physics or whatever. I don't yeah. quite understand when those people talk. It's like, want, want, want. I have to figure it out on my own, but good luck figuring out quantum physics. On your yeah. Own. I don't. It's, I, it's yeah. A, it's a doozy. Yeah. When they talk, I'm like, I don't know. I I've heard the word before in quantum fit, but a lot of this stuff until I've like been in the matrix fucking around on my own. Then I go, Oh, okay. This, Oh, this is what they were talking about. I can't really like learn externally, but, um, so the next thing, so you have perception and perception is really kind of taking information in and then per- perception is the mechanism of what you do with that information, but it's, it's visceral. It's in the game and then projection. And I don't know what any of these words actually mean. So you don't have to correct me. This is just like how I'm classifying what I, these different structures, so projection is something that weirdly I really wanted to talk about. I kept trying to record a podcast on as I was sinking into this hole and I just couldn't. So projection is a manifestation tool. It is a, um, I almost want to stop talking about manifestation. Like it's some, it's just like this game is you getting feedback from inside of yourself and that's like so every single minute of every single day is you manifesting some aspect of reality and that's not victim blaming and i'm not talking about co-creation and societal things because those are different like the the when we start talking about other energies in our energy it's different but in our day-to-day life in our very personal uh life you are it is a feedback loop i guess like it is a um it is a dance with this interactive video game. And so that's kind of the the inner workings I want to start to try to break up into smaller pieces. But projection is something that mostly when we talk about it, we talk about it like it's this negative thing like, oh, you're projecting, whatever. And often that's true, but we are projecting at all times. It really stands out when we take a very obvious part of our shadow and then point it out in somebody else. That's like an obvious example of projection. But projection is kind of an early part of creating reality. So you perceive something. If you're not intentionally living, if all of your life is not something that you have decided you want to experience, which is an option, by the way, we don't ask for shit. Flowing with reality is cool and you should do it to a certain extent. But like in January, you should be like in 2021, I would like to experience these things and then go experience those things. And then when they start to sour or not feel fun anymore go I would like to now experience these things and a lot of us have been stuck in this space for the last few months where we're like we don't know what we want to create because I think we think it's a bigger deal than like I'm on currently I'm on about a 12 to 14 month like turnover of at least career type shit there's a weird thing I think I've felt too um 
the pressure of like when you start to really tune in and, and learn manifesting and learn how the how reality of the universe works, there is a a certain going back to what I was saying, like when you're in the game and you're perceiving something and this realization that like at every moment we're manifesting or at every moment, like we, we are in control, we're affecting the reality that's playing back to us. When I, when I started to really like get my head around some of that stuff, there is a freeze point where I'm kind of like hesitant to do anything. And I want to like make sure what I, I have in my head, what I want, what I'm moving for towards because at every moment when I'm like interacting with somebody or just in the day, like my mind is driving my experience. And so there's a, there's like a fear that comes over you that like makes you stop because you want to make sure you know that you're going towards what you want because it's going to come. And if I don't yeah. have that clear and I have these other, you know, rogue programs or like fear desires that are like driving me, I might be moving towards something I actually don't want. And so then I, there's a lot of the times I'll be like stagnant for months, even in my head, not like imagining too much. Cause I'm like, I don't know if I want that. Like I can imagine that and spend time on that, but that's like, it's going to start coming towards me. So what do I want? You know? And then I'll, I'll like loop on that for a month. Cause I'm like, I can go towards it right now if I want, but do I want it? Cause I don't want to have to undo this shit. You know, you fucking Capricorns. Um, yeah, and it sucks because you get really stagnant. I mean, just like straight stagnant all the time because there's a fear of the power of the universe, like the power of, oh my God, I actually can get what I want. Now let's make sure I, I know what I want because I don't want to bring something towards me that I, I think I want. And then once I get it, it's like, fuck, this was, I went backwards in life, you know? That is, um, I feel like I've experienced that for the first time just now. There is a thing when you've created things that you want or you just realize that your life is a series of you creating things you thought mm -hmm. you wanted. Because there is an amnesia that comes. So have you ever, um, an example of this I think a lot of us have encountered is you know someone who is like, in a relationship and doesn't want to be in the relationship and is constantly bitching about the relationship. And then, you know, his, his wife leaves and then he's like, I can't believe I'm alone. You know? And it's like, dude, you, uh, never shut the fuck up about not wanting yeah, to be like, with Yeah. What do you think person. you were going to get? And then you got it, but you forget, like when you click into a new reality, you get a new amnesia wall. And that's like so that you can have fun experiencing that. Half yeah. the time, once I get the thing I wanted, I go, oh, shit, that's exactly what I intended. Oh, my God, this is what because reality also wants to surprise you. Right. It wants it to look different. Um, And so that's another thing with the trajectory with me. Like in, in the summer, I knew I was going to fall in love in February. I was going to start a relationship in February. But. By January, by the time you showed up, I had decided that that wasn't going to come. Because when I get like within like six weeks of that point in the trajectory, it goes away. And I go, oh, huh, I must have hopped the timeline, whatever. So that it is a surprise. Yeah. There was no part of me that was thinking that was happening. I had actually just gotten to a point where I was like, fuck yeah, I'm like cool with being single. This is going to be fun. I'm not even going to date, whatever. And then and then you showed up and it's like, oh, shit, this is oh, my God, this is the fucking thing. I mean, I think it was a few weeks before I was like, oh, my God, you're the February person. Yeah, that amnesia almost seems like it's a necessary part of it because you, you get into the it cleanses your mind almost like 
you know, you're focusing on something for months, years or whatever it is. And then all of a sudden you're like, it's not on your mind anymore. And you almost get to a point where you've given up. You're a little bit like, I've been focusing on this for months. And then your mind goes blank and that's just enough stillness for the universe to like organize itself and then pop the thing in front of you. It wouldn't be as like manifesting or just that idea wouldn't be as fun and it wouldn't be as like sacred and protected if you could actively know like you're you could gauge it like i've been doing i've been imagining it for a month okay i can feel it's coming closer i can see it here it comes and then you actively see it come into play it, it's just not as like i feel like it has to be there needs to be like a a stillness just before you get it to ground you and say like don't attach to this and then boom here it comes and then it all of a sudden surprises you and it, it's part of that, like, part of the fun of living in life is surprises, even though some people don't like them. It's those fun realizations where you're like, oh, my God, I didn't, uh, everything was working in the way I wanted it to. And I was convinced maybe it wasn't for a minute. And then it, it just, it makes it more special in some way, you know. And like I said, I think it protects the weird aspects of reality that are not provable and that are not material in this whole other realm, it's like, it's, it's, it's quirky. It has these bizarre feelings, uh, at every little like magical transition, you know, and it keeps you wanting more. It keeps you engaged because you can never really figure it out, which is what's so beautiful about it. Right. Reality has its own consciousness. And I feel like when you've played with it enough and you realize how that consciousness works, it's helpful because reality is, avoidant to a certain extent reality doesn't like to be watched that what you just said reminded me like um if you have a hard time not like i don't think setting intentions and then not taking action is helpful for most people especially people in early like learning how manifestation works because y'all pay too much attention to it afterwards reality does not like to be told what to do it does not like to be think of a like a genius chef how would that genius chef feel if after you ordered the food you i i don't know i've worked in a lot of uh uh restaurants with genius chefs they're dicks is the is the um they're not uh they're artists and they would freak the fuck out if you came back into the kitchen and tried to watch them or micromanage the process of making your food and that's kind of how reality is you set an intention and then you kind of forget the intention like you just move on with your life and if there is a part of you that needs it to happen faster or or has a hard time like letting things come to you naturally start to take action towards those things start to play that character do not observe reality trying to get its shit together for you because you'll collapse it and that's the thing i'm trying to articulate i want to say that observing is like looking at with your like eyes and like really being like, okay, so this is like looking at it very kind of hard and perceiving is more of a like feeling almost. It's like, it's a, it's a passive in the game and observing is 
Yeah, it's just from that higher space. But there's things that you can do. You can use this perception and observation to your benefit. I feel like we unconsciously use them to our detriment. We try to observe the pot while it's trying to boil. And then we kill the timeline. You can use that observation to kill timelines up front. That's why I personally think when you're creating something, you think about every possible negative outcome and not in a way that like contracts or recoils from it, but in a way that goes, okay, this could possibly happen. This could possibly happen. How could I end up hating this timeline? Um, You know, like what are these things? You kind of kill those by considering them first, because if you've ever intended something and then had it come to you nine times out of 10, you're going to be like, this is not how I thought this was going to come to me. That's because reality is a genius artist. It wants to surprise you. So when you think too much about how things are going to play out or you have real rigid expectations, reality will tell you to go fuck yourself. And you can, though, you can kill timelines. See, that's what's so subtle about it. it it's the, it is an art form even like being able to manifest because that subtle difference between observing it and observing all the possible outcomes. So some of the negative things, how they could occur, you have to like, there's a helpful thing of observing them. And I've seen you do this many times, like where you'll bring up the dark side or like the negative outcome of a potential thing you're going for. And I'm, I sometimes I'm like, don't like think about that. Like you don't want to ruminate on that too long because then you're going to pull it. But, and that's for me, like I tend to, if I, something's, coming up and I, I I think of a potential like bad outcome, the the subtle art is like observing it enough to go, okay, I, I see that that's a possible thing and I want to get rid of that. So I'm going to observe it. That's a rea- real realistic outcome, but I don't want that. So I'm going to like see it for what it is and then now not be affected by it. Not being affected by it is really difficult because it's so easy to then your mind wants to like ruminate on that fear because we do like fear in some weird, dark, sadistic way. And if you are continue to like ruminate on that fear for the next week or whatever, then it does. Then then the universe is like, oh, we want you want that thing to come. Got it. Okay. well, we'll send that. So that that subtle shift of like being able the difference between observing it from like a higher place. In, in a more kind of like a realistic, like, okay, this, this could happen as well and dropping it and then like continuing to, to put the, the thing that you do want at the forefront of your mind and your thoughts and keep all the fear stuff out of it. You know, it's like, it has to happen kind of intentionally, but then you really have to intentionally remove your focus from that point, you know? And that's where this, I think it does at a certain point, like the enlightened beings and these like sp- spiritual masters, that is the art form of being able to like control your focus of your mind and not let the fears like control you and move your mind towards it. Like you have to, it's a really hard craft to get your mind in that subtle position that's differentiating the fear and the observation and perception mechanism stuff. I feel like playing the tape forward until I'm not afraid of it. You know, I feel like if I'm, I was telling you last night that when things are going well, I get preoccupied with like the death of people that I love. And, um, I, the only way to like deal with that is to go, okay, face it. And like, okay, Mm -hmm. so what if Mark died tomorrow? Okay. You know, that would suck. I would have to do this. Like what? Like, 
it's because uh, otherwise I'm recoiling from that timeline, which makes it more likely. Not that I can decide when someone else dies, but like um, financial insecurity. There's a great example of this. If you're constantly living with the nagging, shadowy potential of losing everything or losing your job, you end up everything you do is coming from this place of insecurity. If you just turn around and face it and go, okay, so what if I lost my job tomorrow? I would be able to survive for three weeks. Okay, and then what would I do? And it's like, oh, my credit cards would come over. Okay, and then what would I do? I guess I would have to file bankruptcy. Okay, and then what? Well, then I would actually be kind of free. Okay, and then what? And it's like, oh, I would grieve for a while. And then what? And then I would move on. And then what? I don't, my life always approved. Okay. Thank right. you, Timeline. We've now explored yeah. you. Thank you. And then you kill it. Not to say you're never going to experience it, but even if you experience it, then you're not getting blindsided by it. You've already faced it. You've dealt with it. What that overly positive bullshit manifestation stuff does, and that's fine for people who just always expect a good outcome, whatever. Like, um, So maybe the difference is, because what's funny to me is like a lot of spirituality and the Zen stuff and everything is always saying like, don't. Your thoughts are your life. Don't ruminate on the bad things, you know. But like you're saying, there is a subtle form where if you push that far and you go to the depths of that darkness, like you're saying, and then what? And then what? And then what? You do get to a place of neutralization again. You're like, oh, I'll be fine. Yeah, I'll be like living on the street, but like I, I, I'll be fine. I'll figure something out. And you do neutralize it. So again, I think with a lot of the spiritual stuff and with psychedelics and everything, there seems to be a limit like that if you go past a threshold on certain things, then you actually like gain control of it or you get the message or whatever it is. So a lot of spirituality is always saying like from the get-go, these basic ideas like, you know, don't think about bad things. You will have bad things happen in your life. So then the unpracticed person or the person that doesn't know much about like reality and any of this stuff goes, oh, okay, that's easy to do. I'll do that. But like, that's so hard to do. And the, I, the paradox is, is like, yes, at a certain point, at a certain perception of reality, you don't want to focus on negative things. However, if you consider the negative thing and take it all the way to the back wall, like the, the worst that can happen, and then you say, okay, that's, I'm, I'm okay, I'll, I'll, I'll live, I don't want that. Taking that darkness all the way to the depth kind of does kill it. It's the same thing with like when we're going inside to face our shadows that we're so scared of. It feels like we don't want to go face that pain again because we have to feel the pain again. But when you move into it and accept it, there's something on the other side of it at the bottom of the darkness that makes it go away. So, you know, and then within drugs, it's like the LD50 of drugs, like, well, that's the lethal dose limit. But the you can get high at like a small dose. But if you go higher in the dose, you get, it's like a different kind of high. You like transcend essentially. But so many people just have a little bit of it up front because of the fears. And then you don't get the full message. You get a little bit of it, but it, it becomes more confusing. So I think it's a similar, it just sounds like a similar thing within manifesting and stuff too. There are certain no-nos that like, Yes, a, f a universal truth is don't think of bad things and you won't get them. But how do I know when I'm not thinking when I'm not thinking of bad things, you know, to, right. to know I, that you have to move into it? We th I think we think about bad things all the time. I mean, I have already talked about this, but I've had a subtle fear that now I can say for sure. Uh, this might have been a premonition, but 
um, you know, my mom got an autoimmune disease in like 2013. And that's when I became like fixated on preventing autoimmune diseases. I was like, oh, my God, you have to get healthy when you're young in order to like have that health later and blah, blah, blah. And so I became like a health nut for years. And then like I fell off of that. I mean, I I think I'm more not super mainstream in the way I eat, but it's not great. And uh, I there there was always a recoiling from the idea of losing my physical health. I definitely spent a lot of time wallowing in the um, gratitude of physical health. But when I would think about the experience of people, because I think a lot of people don't think about it. I think that's one of the isolating things about chronic illness is that people who've never experienced it are impatient with it and don't stop and think what it must feel like. And I've definitely done that quite a bit, but there was always a recoiling from it and a, that would not happen to me kind of desire, like a desire to never experience that, that, that leaves those thoughts are still negative, but like more likely to pull a timeline where other things like abandonment or, um, you know, um, being unwanted, I like will go into. And when I don't go into them, they unconsciously show up in the reality and I start to pull that timeline. I start to pull that thread. I start to create that thing where instead if I go, what is it that you're afraid of here? Why are you observing everyone's movement so much? Why are you being so hypervigilant right now? Oh, I'm afraid of being left. Okay, let's go further into that. What is that? What happens if everyone leaves tomorrow? What happens if everyone's mad? What happens if you lose everything? Like, let's go to the end of that. So it's not this nagging, fucking pulling thing where you are still creating because you're perceiving that shit. Like, if we don't face those shadowy fears, we start to perceive them and then project them. So, like, if I don't face the fact that I am afraid of being unwanted, then I will start to like pay too much attention to your shit that has nothing to do with me. And then I'll start to act out and then I'll start to pick fights in an attempt to feel safe. And then I will actually push you towards the direction that I was afraid of you going in when in the beginning I could have just said, what are these feelings here? And then like, what are you afraid of? And then dealt with my own fear of you leaving rather than triggering you leaving. And like, we do that in every aspect of reality. So, um, I did have a shadowy fear of, um, losing my physical vitality that I think I did. I was like kind of dancing around in my head, but not following to the end. I just was like, Oh, that would never happen to me. Everything good. Da, 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 da. Rather than being like, why are you afraid of that? Because are you over identified with your intellect? Are you over identified with your physical vitality? Are you living in a fantasy world where that it could never be taken from you? And, uh, I didn't, I didn't go to the doctor when I got bit by a tick. So to a certain fucking extent, I know a million people with Lyme disease and I got bit by the tick and then I didn't go to the doctor. So I was an active participant in creating the thing that I am experiencing right now. And I then got very sick for months and still didn't go. It didn't even occur to me. I didn't go to the doctor. And so I can explain that on 20 different levels, but at the same time I had to face the fear that I am my vitality, I am my energy level, I am my intellect, that is all that makes me worthwhile, and I'm facing all of that right now. 
And I maybe could have faced it without having this experience, which whatever, I came here for experience, so who gives a fuck? But if I would have faced that fucking fear without needing it to manifest in my reality, does that make sense? Like if we deal with our abandonment wound, we don't have to get abandoned a hundred times to fucking deal with it. But that involves like looking at things, observing the mechanisms so that they can't unconsciously create our reality. How much, what time is it? How long have we been doing this? A while. About an hour. About an hour. Um, I think I'm going to, did you have anything else you want to talk about? No, I don't think so. I don't know if I got that wrong. I, I feel like at one point I was talking about observation and perception and I, I, I flipped because then I heard you say something about, anyway, I might have contradicted myself, but I, it's, it's a lot a, of, it's a paradox. So yeah. it's a, I get it. It's like, it's difficult to get our heads around. And it's the thing that I'm always overwhelmed with is the subtlety of the difference between how we perceive things and, and get into that observation. You know, I feel it in my life. Like I can feel when the difference between I'm observing something as it's happening to me and then actively like being in it and just perceiving it. I, I feel it when I can feel when it's happened, but like knowing it in the moment, it, it is, a, it's so subtle. It's just like a practice thing, I think, you know, but the, uh, the observation just feels more of a, like awareness that is, is similar to like the meditation headspace or that like neutral space where you're like watching your avatar walk through the world kind of. Yeah. And so it feel like I, like I know that when I'm in a like stillness or a calm space and something happens, I can slip into the observe observation, like mood, um, easier. Uh, but if I'm like being pummeled and like depressed or whatever, and I'm into, it's like, it's very difficult to get into that observation mode. Cause I'm in the reality so much. I'm like feeling it so much, you know, that's where it's a little like difficult. Is perception the unconscious observation and observation is the con conscious observation? Yeah, that's what I was saying. But then there, when you described it in one way in there, I was like, there, it was a little bit of the reverse because they kind of can be too. That's what like, it's also just using the words and like multiple meanings too, you know, like, so I think it can get confusing, but. I, I just, when you think about the word, like perceiving something and observing something, it, it's, there is a subtle difference. And, and one of them is like in it and it's conscious. One of them's outside of it, which is like a subconscious mindset, but it's the more real aspect of you, you know? Yeah. I feel like we're the writer and the actor in the movie of our lives. And the trick is learning how to toggle in and out. And the Writing's, writer's the observer, right? Right. Yeah. And then the actor is the perceiver right but the actor believes they are the character mm -hmm. and so it's this figuring out the mechanism of writing something for your character to do i do want to talk a little bit more about that in between space we are still creating at all times even if we haven't picked an adventure and there is an autopilot to reality to where if you haven't picked an adventure one will be chosen for you and i think we start to take it a little either not seriously enough or too seriously the sweet spot that we are all coming out of right now those of us who have been in this kind of like void and a lot of people set intentions because the aliens were like fucking tell them to create before we went into this so i'm excited to see what sorts of form from that but 
when you particularly come to the end of a timeline or the end of an avatar and, um, you know, you create something, you really think you want it, you get it, you realize happiness doesn't exist there, or you see the unintended consequences, or it gets boring, or it gets old, or it starts to go, you know, if it's a relationship or a business relationship, it starts to go toxic. And then what can happen is when it's time to create a new thing, you're just thinking about the ending and you go, well, the last thing I created, I end up ended up not liking it. And usually that's dishonest. Usually you're equating the something running its course with something having been bad. And it's like, okay, well, it was great for three years. And then it's the credit started to roll and you ignored the fact that the credits were rolling and then you let it rot. And then now you had to like struggle to get out of it. And now it's just classified as this bad thing. But in reality, you went to experience something, you experienced something, you saw the good, you saw the bad, it ran its course, and now you're done. But sometimes we can get exhausted with that idea and be like, well, I'm going to create it and then just not like it. But that isn't really true. In most situations, you did like it at some point, you got what you came to get from it, it did transform you, you did learn from it. Um, sometimes there's like, I can have anything I want, and that makes me not want anything. I can't like muster up the give a fuck enough to want something. And that's because we're outside of that desire. You know that it's not going to bring you happiness. Don't create things because you think they're going to bring you happiness or fulfillment because they're not. That comes from inside of you. Happiness exists right now inside of you where it doesn't fucking exist at all. It's not it's not a point in time. It's not a physical place. It's not a person. It's not a relationship. It's right there inside of you. And happiness does not mean bliss and smiling all the time. It just is a general contentment with this experience. Um, but you can just create things for shits and gigs. Like just fucking, this is just, I don't know. I'm going to go fuck around and write a book. I'm going to go fuck around and travel the world. I'm going to go fuck around and fall in love. Like, let's just see what's up. You know, that's the play. That's the perfect sweet spot to create from. Cause you're not going to watch the pot. You kind of don't give a fuck. You know, you ever gone into a relationship and you weren't desperate for a relationship and it just fucking flows. Cause you weren't like, ah, same thing like a job interview where you don't fucking care about whether or not you get the job and you just crush it because you don't give a shit like that's the perfect place to create from but also create create knowing that you can use things like observation to collapse it if you need to um you can hop out you can hop out of any game anytime you want but create a game otherwise you just end up in whatever reality wants to hand you and often when we're not creating something, we are um, spending time thinking about things we don't want. And that's that's really where you're creating garbage is when you're like, I don't like this. I don't like this. This I don't like. I don't like this. I don't like this, which is like we end up in that wanting to escape. And that's where you end up creating your negative reality because the universe doesn't understand I want or don't want. They only understand where your attention is fixated. So if you come... Every single day, you're like, I don't want to deal with my boss. I don't want to deal with my boss. I'm sick of my boss. My boss is a dick. Listen to what my boss did today. I can't believe my boss did this. My boss did this. Every time the server comes to the table, he's like, I don't know. This bitch wants more of her boss being a dick. Weird. What a weird palate you have. Um, where can people find you? Um, I'm on Instagram at Fat Horse Ranch. And then I'm on Twitter at Mark Pontius. 
and I have a podcast that I never do. That's called Sudden Movements. <laughs> uh, intermittent Movements. <laughs> yeah. I just redid my website, jessery.com. You go to jessery.com, you can find a link to Patreon. You can find a link to merch. You can find a link to readings. I had changed it to no readings while I was in the void. I'm now offering, I think, like a half-hour tarot reading and the rest is coaching stuff. Um, I am lucid right now, so I'll open up the next week or two. I um, have really been focused on Patreon even in the even in the abyss. I think the ten dollar tier is probably the best, but I'm expanding some stuff in the in the twenty dollar. And there are some other changes coming soon, but I'm going to talk about them soon and not now. I think that's it. I am not currently on social media. I'll be back at some point, but um, I think that's it. Shit, shits and gigs. Shits and gigs. Okay, bye. I just like to say that. You can just do it for shits and gigs if you want, but... <laughs>